if there's one thing that we know for sure about this current hyperinflationary period that we're in, uh, there is no one thing that we can blame here. I thought it was pretty funny yesterday. Premier Kenny was talking about it when he was talking about the energy rebates, and he said, you know, we know there's nothing we can do to control this global inflationary period that we're in. Although I think there's some spending issues in Ottawa that's part of it. <laughs> Remember to work that in. But yeah, okay, government spending, part of it, sure, okay. Um, fuel prices, yeah, big part of it. War in Ukraine, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a long list of supply chain problems, one after the other. Um, some government officials, including some Canadian politicians, Jagmeet Singh has been talking about this, have said it's good old gouging to blame here. We've got profiteering going on by some companies uh, taking advantage of the situation. In reality, there's probably a combination of all of the above, different levels at different times. But um, today we're going to take a look specifically at profiteering and what our government has in place or should put in place to protect you and I from it. Not businesses, you and I. What do they need to do? We're going to have a conversation about that. Now joining us to talk about it is Keldon Bester, who's a fellow with the Centre for International Governance, an independent consultant and researcher studying issues of competition and monopoly powers in Canada. In fact, he was a special advisor at the uh, Canada Competition Bureau. Keldon, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Shay. You know, when we talk about this, and we talk about profiteering as being part of these soaring costs, and we do hear some people say that. Is there any way to sort of put a number on that or even say, yeah, that is part of the situation we're dealing with here? Is there any way of knowing? So, uh, you know, David McDonald uh, at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives did a study looking at you know, the composition of price increases over the past couple of years, you know, ending in 2021. And, and he did attempt to put a, a number on it. And, and he says, you know, it's it's not a perfect analysis, but there's reason to believe that, you know, almost a quarter of the price increases that we've seen uh, up to up to now are, 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 the, are the result of increased corporate profits. And, and so my colleague Robin and I, you know, use that as, as a jumping off point to say, just like you said earlier, there's not one thing driving yeah. this, but here's some evidence that there's a pretty substantial uh, uh, portion of it. And let's think about what policy levers we do and don't have uh, to focus on that element of it, something that we might be able to control. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What do we have in place? Now, we have a Competition Act in Canada. We, we, we do have, I mean, does that, does that apply in this instance? So, so it, it doesn't. Um, you know, the Competition Act has... You know, uh, elements related to what we call abusive dominance, but those don't actually speak to uh, market power, which allows firms to charge these excess profits. And, and that differs from the European Union, where, where they have some provisions around what they call excessive pricing, where they say, if we see these price increases, and they're not justified by increase in the underlying costs of, of goods and services, and they appear to be the result of you know, monopoly control over a over a market or a good, then they can actually go after those. And and in Canada, we can't. We we say if you have market power um, and you exert it to increase profits, no matter the underlying costs, um, we we say that's okay. And and our law doesn't uh, doesn't go after that so, currently. Well, what does our what good is the Competition Act then? I mean, what what does it do? What does it police if it doesn't police consumer prices? 
You know, that's a good question and one that we hope, um, you know, the federal government has indicated that they might be interested in opening a consultation on that. And we hope that that is part of the part of the question, because you you do wonder the scope. You know, another element of our law is uh, related to the control of mergers and, and mergers, you know, competitors buying up other competitors is one way that firms uh, achieve this market power that allows them to extract these profits. And, and unfortunately, bad news there as well is that we, we really don't intervene a lot in these. We don't stop or block a lot of these mergers. And unfortunately, you know, we see we have the ongoing Rogers Shaw case. You know, that might be another case where our weak laws in this area as well don't pre- prevent, you know, uh, companies from further increasing prices from where they are today. Well, that's the thing. If we allow them to continue to, you know, get bigger and bigger and become larger market shareholders, uh, it's pretty tough to control what they do after the fact. Maybe we need to get out in front of this. Exactly. And that, in an ideal world, and what we hope to see is uh, a tougher stance against these mergers, particularly for already dominant companies. So what we should be saying is you already control most of this market. If If you want to grow... You shouldn't be able to buy up your competitors. You should have to compete for it. You should have to fight for a urinized business, uh, you know, our loonies or, or toonies in this case, uh, real or counterfeit. But uh, a stronger approach to that would really prevent or stop from worsening uh, the problem that we see today. Um, so, like you say, the government showing some um, interest in taking a closer look at Competition Act in Canada. What's going on? I mean, is, is it a formal review that's being started? So they've indicated interest in uh, a consultation. However, uh, and this is from the public statements of the of the minister, and as well, they have uh, through the most recent budget uh, made some uh, minor reforms to different areas. Minor, but important, I should say. Uh, but what, what, what remains to be seen is two things: one, do they follow through on this consultation, and two, critically, do they open that consultation to the folks who actually feel the impacts of of these monopoly. Uh, monopolies and market power, as opposed to deferring to, you know, the lawyers and economists yeah. who sort of run the show behind the scenes. What would you like to see? I mean, I think we've touched on some of them, but just to sort of put a bow on it in terms of how we do a better job of protecting consumers when it comes to competition in this country, what needs to be brought in? Some of the things that you're talking about in other countries where, you know, price protection is part of the plan? You know, uh, I think there's a, a healthy debate on whether this excessive pricing would, would solve the problem. I, I think it's worth a uh, care, more careful study. But I, I go back to mergers. Uh, we really are behind the pack on this. And, and I do think when you have tough laws here, you really change the incentives for companies to, um, instead of just swallowing everybody up and sort of sitting pretty on that, really fighting for uh, each and every consumer. And so, you know, it's it's a bit of a negative story, but I think we really need to put a stop to uh, this sort of consolidation that, that has gone on for so long. So uh, that would be my, uh, that's number one on my wish list. Uh, just before I let you go here, we're getting some questions from people. Well, who decides what is excessive profit? Who decides when companies are, are profiteering or are gouging? I mean, there's examples, right, where you can you, you examine what the makeup of a cost of a product is, and you can see if the profit-taking is excessive, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, that's a, that's a fantastic question, and, and it goes to the heart of why those provisions are controversial, because you at some point uh, have to say, here's a reasonable uh, return and, and that's a very uh, controversial question. 
But I think it boils down to, you know, particularly in the EU, looking at what is the source of that pricing power? Is it because you have this innovative product, you know, this great new service, or is it because you are shutting out rivals uh, and, and excluding others? So, you know, the, the person asking that question is right on the money on, on why this is uh, a controversial topic. But, you know, if you look at what is actually allowing people to charge these prices, as well as, you know, the magnitude, of course. Yeah, the reasoning behind it, if it's trade or profit sharing. Interesting discussion. Keldon, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. That is Keldon Bester who is uh, taking a look at this. In fact, he's a fellow with the Center for International Governance and an independent consultant and researcher studying issues of competition and monopoly power in Canada. He was a special advisor at Canada's Competition Bureau. It's, it's a tricky one for me because I, I, I think, you know, when you're in a situation, it's, it depends on what it is, right? Like if you're talking about gasoline... I'm okay with the government coming in and saying, okay, listen, this is the markup you're allowed. But I mean, at the same time, as a, as a capitalist, as a guy who believes in the free market system, it's sort of like you can charge what people are willing to pay for a lot of things. Now, there, there's, there's differences, right? When you're talking about essentials and you're talking about necessities, but then you get into the slippery slope of, well, who decides what those are? And how much do we want government intervening with business and industry and saying, you can do this, you can charge this, you can make this much money. And we get into an area where now we're moving away from a free market system, which I don't know what the answer is. I I don't, I really don't, because at, at the heart of it, at the core of the way I see this, the world is not, it's the free market. I mean, you, you charge what people are willing to pay. Of course, that doesn't work when you're talking about heating your home or, or, or getting to work. There needs to be there needs to be different levels. If you're talking about buying yourself an RV or uh, whatever the case may be, sure, okay, if someone's willing to pay the price, charge it. Great. That's the way it goes. Um, you're going to have to pick the price where you can make as much money as you can and still be able to sell whatever it is you're selling. And, and that system works nine times out of ten. But uh, when you get into essentials and things that keep people alive, I think the rules could be a little bit different.